Today on Soundtrack Alley, I'll be discussing Critters 2 The Main Course. We'll discuss the film, the background, some of the unique practical effects, and of course the score by Nicholas Pike. Sit back and relax as the show starts now. Hello, I am Randy Andrews, and I'm your host. Today, I'll be discussing Critters 2. I saw this fairly recently with a double feature at the Alamo Drafthouse Cinema. Uh, It was Critters 1 and Critters 2. It's not my favorite of the series, but it's certainly fun and entertaining. Let's get to talking on the film. Critters 2, the main course, also known as Critters 2, Uh, It's from 1988, and it's a science fiction comedy horror. And it was directed by Mick Garris in his directorial debut. And it's the second installment in the Critters franchise, the direct sequel to Critters. And the film was written by David Tawi and Garris and stars Scott Grimes, Don Keith Oper, and Terrence Mann as they reprise their roles from the first film. The plot takes place two years after the first film as a batch of planted critter eggs begin to hatch and resume their carnivorous appetite upon the town once again. Although it didn't gross as much as the original, the sequel still grossed $3.8 million during its theatrical run. It's the last installment of the series to be released theatrically and is followed by Critters 3 in 1991. Mick Garris had wanted to take or to get Frank Welker to do the voice of the Kreitz, but he couldn't afford to get him, so he ended up doing most of the voices himself and hiring a loop group to provide additional vocals for them. Now, New Line Cinema trademark, Lynn Shea had a role. Lynn Shea, the younger sister of the founder of New Line Cinema, uh, Robert Shea. She can be found in countless New Line films, including this one. Uh, Some include Nightmare on Elm Street, Dumb and Dumber, and Critters, of course. Uh, The props was really interesting because the props for the eggs as the critters uh, were sugar sugar apples, which makes it really unique. Um, a cardboard cutout of Freddy Krueger appears in the film. Both Critters 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street are, of course, uh, by New Line Cinema. And so this film uh, really <laughs> tied those two films together. Uh, David Twy first writing credit he goes on to pen Waterworld 
G.I. Jane, and all of the Chronicles of Riddick's films, which is pretty cool. At around 38 minutes, when Lee's appearance is turned from being a nothing face into a Playboy centerfold model, a staple, although oversized, also materializes on Lee since it was visible when the picture of the centerfold was looked at. But when Lee's appearance changes from that of the model to the hungry heifer manager, uh, around 50 minutes, the glasses do not materialize on Lee's face, even though the restaurant manager was wearing glasses at that time. One of the Kreitz bites the truck tire and fills itself full of air, yet the tire never goes flat, and no one changes the tire for the remainder of the movie, which is one of those unique plot holes that exists in the film. Uh, during the close-up shot of the dead sheriff in the Easter Bunny costume at the church, you can clearly see the zip of the costume is done up yet in the scene, before it was stuck, hence how the critters got inside the suit. Uh, when the critters are rolling together to the polar iceberger, you can see in several shots that the furry balls are connected together by some device pulling them along, and there's often visible wires. But hey, it was the 1980s, and they did what they could. Throughout the movie, uh, whenever the critters roll, you can see the wires pulling them, um, only if you're looking. Uh, near the end of the film, as Charlie and Ugg face off against an one another, or face one another, both played by the same actor. The circle around, they clearly matted into the shot as they are both semi-transparent. This is most obvious when the bus mirror is visible through their heads. <laughs> but this also is only if you're looking. When Brad looks at the t picture of him and Charlie, it's an obvious still shot from the first movie. Garris got the chance to direct after having worked for Steven Spielberg on the television series Amazing Stories as a screenwriter. Garris initially turned down the offer to direct, but later accepted, citing that he was a big fan of the first movie and wanted to make a sequel a more scary film than the first. The Chido brothers, who served as special effects artists on the film, uh, returned to create the titular characters, uh, creating over 50 puppets for the film, which is cool. The film is also shot in Valencia, Santa Clarita, a part of the Los Angeles metropolitan area. So now let's get into some of the soundtrack discussion. And uh, this film, uh, the score was done by Nicholas Pike. So the most visceral action-based music in the film comes from when there is Charlie on the screen. I love the opening cue for Primordial Planet. It has some excellent string writing and really gives us a good motif for the film to come. I enjoy the score really well, and Nicholas Pike does an excellent job with the sequel score. Let's hear this cue. Thank you. 
So next, we weave our way through the score with some random critter encounters, deaths that ensue, and the mistaken identity of critter eggs as real Easter eggs. I don't know how that happened. Uh, Bad idea. The promise uh, is the spaceship landing queue. Uh, it's very ominous music, excellent string writing, and has really good percussion for the cue. It opens us to new adventures from our heroes to help save the planet uh, and the lives of Grover's Bend. Uh, what's actually hilarious about this film is the blatant nudity for it. Um, it's not even in a sexual way, it's just there. It's just boobs. <laughs> it's so obvious, it isn't even played sexually. Uh, it's played dead serious, and especially with Transform to Playmate, I think you'll enjoy these two cues. So we'll play Spaceship Landing and Transform to Playmate.
The next cue I'd like to discuss is It's Me, Brad. Uh, Charlie and Brad really reunite after Charlie has been away from Earth tracking down critters. It's a very sweet cue and has some very low key strings to begin. Uh, then some mischief starts to erupt because the critters come a-knockin' and the horns pick up the pace and envelop the cue with some quick action writing and some, some suspense with some excellent percussion. I really enjoy this piece and hope you do too. Sadly, we've come down to another end of Soundtrack Alley. Uh, I know this is a short episode, but this is one film that I really wanted to cover on the show. Uh, It's fun and entertaining, and the score is a lot of fun, too. But this last section, what I'd like to cover, is kind of a suite, an ending suite to the film, uh, with some excellent cues for our characters. The first is Ugg Loses It, which highlights the loss of a partner and the death and loss of a friend. Ugg has somehow kept going 
and fights against the critter menace. Uh, I love the high-intensity violins for this piece, as well as the high flute. It really increases the tension and improves the motives behind the character. Now, the next in this set will be Critter's Role. This cue begins almost exactly as the main theme to Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. No doubt, Nicholas Pike obtained inspiration from Wendy Carlos's main theme, music for that film. This is a rollicking adventure piece because the critters go on a rampage throughout the city, eating anyone in their way. It's rather campy, but still a ton of fun. And then we're going to close with Grover's Bend Farewell and Finale. Both of these cues really tie in together and are impressive, and the finale really stands out on its own with some excellent sweet music you wouldn't get otherwise from another source. Someday, maybe they'll release a Critters 3 or Critters 4 soundtrack, and then I can discuss those films. In the meantime, thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley today. I'd like to thank Alexander Shebel for composing Soundtrack Alley's theme music. You can find his work at xanderscores.com. You can find me on social media through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Soundtrack Alley. Look at my blog, uh, soundtrackalley.com. And until next time, enjoy this music and happy listening.
thank you for listening to Soundtrack Alley. If you are an Apple podcast, please give the show a five-star rating. Check out the content over at SoundtrackAlley.com, as well as Cinematic Sound Radio, where most of my new material is posted. If you have a comment, question, or concern, please email me at SoundtrackAlley at gmail.com. 